Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. I have to remind myself every single time. Uh, it's just been a while since I've done these Geekscape lives. Uh, we've had some pre-recorded episodes recently, some pretty awesome ones. Thanks for rolling up on that Joe Dante interview. Uh, I couldn't believe that. It, the day before, they solicited the director of Gremlins to me, and I said, is this real? Like this, You're not pulling my leg? Y'all heard it. Joe Dante came on the show. So did Neil Labute. We had some really great interviews. Uh, and those things happen or don't. So I don't really tell y'all in advance who we got unless it's pre-recorded. So surprise, we had some pretty awesome Geekscapes. The numbers have been great. And uh, we added some Geekscapes along the way. If this is your first Geekscape, well, strap yourselves in. We're going to talk some pop culture, especially this episode. I've gathered a roundtable of some of my best friends, to help walk me through some of the D23 announcements that came out of this past weekend. Um, there was a lot of Marvel. There was a lot of Star Wars. There was Indiana Jones 5. I'm super excited about the new Willow series. And there's a ton of additions to both the parks and all the other Disney stuff that we've got uh, coming down the pipe for the next, I don't know, million years because it's Disney. I can't wade through all of it on my own. I can't interpret that stuff. I can't bring that to you just with my knowledge no no my brain will crack it's not that big so i've got a little round table here of my friends to walk through all those announcements see what they think see what that means for things like the future of the mcu or um racism in america as it comes to be i guess when you um have one slight change to the little mermaid yeah that was that was a shameful experience um making one little change to a made-up children's character and suddenly they all come out of the woodwork. But we knew that already because we've all been watching Rings of Power and uh, everything else. So we'll talk about it. We will talk about it on a brand new Geekscape. Thanks for joining me here. And uh, if you're enjoying your Geekscape, go ahead and hit that share button. Get some of your friends in here to, uh, to join in with us. Uh, but for now, let's just start the episode, shall we?
All right, as promised in the theme song, here's Jonathan to start the show, and let's start the show. We got a lot of D23 Expo to talk about, so let's start it up. This is, again, the D23 2022 wrap-up roundtable. So let's get our roundtable out here to start talking some of the Pixars and the Star Wars and the Marvels and the theme parks and this and that. I'm going to start with two friends of mine who are actually on the ground there in Anaheim. Uh, Our own nerd war correspondents, Ashley and Jason... How are you guys? Hello, welcome to J23. We have all the best announcements here. I'm Jason, this is Ashley, of course, and we're going to tell you all about our theme parks uh, and everything like that, all the Star Wars movies that we own, everything like that. It's going to be an exciting time, Jonathan. I thought I was brought here as the Canadian to talk about the death of the Queen. We're also going to talk about that as well. (laughs) That's what this is about, Jonathan, right? You reached out to us. You said you wanted to talk about my personal theme park and the death of the Queen, Mm -hmm. correct? Yeah, here to help out with some of the jokes is uh, Katie. I am dying over here. Wow. Wow. I was loving it. (laughs) Absolutely no yes and from Jonathan. I I really wanted a yes and. My yes and was yes and help Katie help. He was drowning out there and he was giving you gold. (laughs) I was like... Fuck yeah, let's talk about the rides, let's talk about the Queen, but via Canada. (laughs) I'm messing with y'all. I just got to get y'all in here to start talking about this stuff, Uh, and so I'm not going to delay any more for any of that chit-chat banter. People don't listen to Geekscape for the humor. They wouldn't have been listening because it's me. All right, Uh, speaking of funny, here's Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Christian just celebrated his 500th episode of the Blackcast. And uh, I brought uh, I brought along uh, I, I don't know if I provide enough funny in 500 episodes, so I did a big two hour episode with John Lovitz, and he brought the funny, so I didn't need to. Okay, okay. Well, um, we got one more person to add to this uh, little roundtable. Uh, my own ward, right here, Garrett Briones. So I can exclusively break here through the rumor mill at J23. They announced they're going to, in the Hall of Presidents, put an animatronic of the Queen, the first ever non-president, into the Hall of Presidents. I'm breaking it right here. I got the scoops. We were trying to save that, but I appreciate you bringing that up. And I just want to say London dropped the ball, as he often does. So Garrett's cape is (laughs) the Geekscape once again. Guys, I'm okay with this episode just becoming a roast. Fuck it. Garrett, you're one of our best social media influencers, and I just want to say we're gonna give we're gonna make you an exclusive J23 pen. Heck we're gonna send yeah. it to you to you in the mail. Nobody else in the show gets it, only you, Garrett. Oh, yes. I saw a picture of one of those on social media. It was being held up by a guy in a red. Never mind. Oh, <laughs> okay, that's an inside red joke. Shirt, right, red shirt. Red shirt. Okay, uh, here we go. We got the uh, comments here in the section. Maybe we can start with that. Uh, let's see. Jim Pagarnelli says, the only story out of D23 is the criminal neglect they display by not giving us a Madison series. That's with a Y, not where you think. Um, yeah, we like that Madison from the She-Hulk. That was really funny. Props to her. Uh, she's like she's from Groundlings, or where, where'd she come out of, that girl? Yeah, that's Patty Guggenheim. She's been doing that character at the Groundlings for a couple of minutes, and it's just one love that show so hard love seeing patty guggenheim come in and just do her comedy thing all the female comedy people that have gone through that show is making my mind go but patty guggenheim look her up she's hysterical great character she's awesome but i don't know if she's going to be in the larger mc but i I don't know the feedback has been so huge on that episode and her appearance that i think she may have just mainstreamed herself into the mcu 
that happens sometimes. Um, all right. Uh, here we go. A little more queen talk because Jason and Ashley <laughs> demand it. The queen showing up in the Hall of Presidents feels like our universe is equivalent of someone saying hail Hydra. No, you you stay out of this, Jim. That is <laughs> Give some respect to the queen. One of Please. them no, is no, no. related to actual Nazis. One of them is based on Nazis. Who's to tell which one? We, you know, uh, some... <laughs> On my Twitter profile, it says Mexican-American with a British last name. And somebody goes, oh, so you're the uh, colonialist and the colonized. Oh, you're the colonizer and the colonist. I was like, okay, yeah, no, that's kind of how kids are born. Um, all right. Uh, beautiful heritage. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Um, where do you all want to start with this D23 thing? Um, I mean, obviously, as a Marvel head, I, I want to talk Marvel. But I think that Disney made us wait. So why don't we talk a little bit of Star Wars? Um, y'all are big Star Wars fans. That's pretty exciting news. Um, this Andor series, we got a like a five minute clip they talked about. Did anybody see the five minute clip? It's not online, but we did get a brand new trailer. Uh, we also got some Ahsoka artwork. We also got a follow up season um, to what is it? What, what's it called? Bad the um, the Bad Batch. I wanted to call it the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> the Bad Batch. <laughs> There's a wrong, ton though. of Star Wars news, and we got that Mandalorian season three trailer. Uh, anything surprising out of any of the Star Wars stuff, or is this stuff that was like Lee kind of Jung announced? Jay. Lee Jung Jae is going to be in the Acolyte, and I'm very excited about that. He's from Squid Games. Um, wonderful. Going to win an Emmy tonight. Oh, oh. He, he may have already won it. We don't even. We don't know. know. We don't oh, know. Right, right. The Emmys Live are going up. on while we're recording these. <laughs> or this yeah. just might be an eternal reminder of his failure. Thanks a lot, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> he won. He won the I only contest that he needed to. <laughs> he he was able to not only win, you know, tug of war, and then all, you know, and then actually win the Squid Game at the end without having to commit murder. So good for him. You know, even if he doesn't get a little trophy. Uh, he got all that money that he didn't touch at the for an entire year. <laughs> I so mean, I don't know, for for me, I would love to hear everybody else's opinions of this. But I mean, a lot of D twenty three, especially the media stuff, was kind of just the standard stuff that I thought we all thought they were going to announce. The most surprising thing, specifically towards Star Wars, I would say, is that I guess Jude Law is going to be in Star Wars now. Well, he's also in Peter Pan and Wendy. So and he's, he's in Marvel already, sort too. Sort of That's in, right. I guess, the Disney Studios umbrella. Yeah. So maybe this was the final frontier for him to break into. <laughs> yeah, Jude Law is racking up like the hat trick, the Disney hat trick. Like, you got to be in a Pixar or you got to be in a, in a Disney thing. You know, he, I guess he's playing Captain Hook in the, in the Peter and Wendy project that they've got. You got to be in a Star Wars. We saw him in Captain Marvel. And now he's in a Star Wars. He can. He's he's got it. He can buy so, all the houses he wants. If you're to put him and Ming Na Wen in the same project at some point, that's going to you know, really just be <laughs> the universe will the explode into yeah. a million pieces. If Ming Na Wen is in a film where she beats the ever loving snot out of Jude Law, I'll buy five mm -hmm. tickets. I'm same. If, <laughs> if she's in a TMZ video where she beats the snot out of Jude Law, I will still buy five tickets. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think we pretty much watch. Ming not went in anything, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Sign me up. It, there, a couple of the announcements didn't come out with an immediate racial outcry, but it was clear that Disney's doing their doing like a pretty damn good job of making their castings a lot more representational of the American and global demographics going on. Like we're seeing a lot more uh, diverse directors and creators and writers, and then we're also seeing that cast represented in front of the camera. 
Uh, what did y'all think of what were, I mean, we just mentioned one, but what do y'all think of having character, having people like Anthony Ramos join the MCU? I mean, that was the one that specifically I was really excited about was having him play the hood because as a character, I'm not necessarily interested in. He's in Ironheart, which I think is like a great idea for a character on the, on the page. Ironheart has been like, okay, someone else has to wear armor. It can't just be Pepper and Rhodey and Tony. Uh, let's give ourselves a young Avengers kind of, yeah, let's give ourselves like a young Avengers type Iron Man character. I think Riri Williams is a great idea for that. I don't know if her stories in the comics have ever been amazing, but I guess we'll see her really soon in Wakanda forever. Thoughts on some of those castings? Like the Anthony Ramos thing got me super excited about a character that I thought was just like a kind of a lame duck bad guy in underneath the Kingpin's world, you know? Like it seems, it seems like every five years in Daredevil or any of the Marvel books, Kingpin gets blind or Kingpin gets injured or Kingpin kind of gets killed. Or, King or gets, Kingpin King becomes gets, mayor of New York City. Right, or gets buried <laughs> under a building. Yeah. And, and there's a vacuum. There's a power vacuum in Manhattan. And the hood is one of those characters that comes out of it. But um, he does have special powers. Garrett, what are the, like, the hood's special powers? And do you think they're going to end up being in Ironheart? Uh, well, he's like see, the cape, right? That's who uh, he wishes. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, he, you know, my biggest exposure to the hood was when he had uh, one of the infinity stones. When I, the hood, I think, suffers from something many, many a character has suffered from, which is you're the guy now. You are Bendis, make him the next guy. He's the guy. And then all most of his stories just he just he wasn't the guy. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Um, but as you said, I, I am excited uh, to see him translated to uh, the big screen, uh, even with like, especially also with Riri Williams, uh, especially because when you look at like a character like Miles Morales, who already was great on the page and I think has gotten even better in other mediums. So I think both the hood and Riri both have an opportunity now that we have seen what works for them in the comics to kind of say, okay, well, we're going to take what works and we're going to make our own little, you know, little tweaks, little adjustments, try and make them someone that has a little more of an impact than they may have had on the printed page. Yeah. I think echo is a character that also falls under that echo mm-hmm. is like a pretty awesome character to be introduced in that second storyline in daredevil uh, back when daredevil got that late nineties, early two thousands revamp and echo was a natural. I love the David Mack artwork and all of those covers. Um, and seeing Echo in that the in the whole Kingpin storyline put into the Hawkeye series, I'm actually really excited for the Echo series. But it kind of feels like all of those street level could have been Netflix Marvel series are just gonna be born again with 18 episodes of Daredevil Born Again. And supposedly they're not just gonna retell the Born Again story. Supposedly they're not gonna do a continu- supposedly they're not gonna do a continuation of the Netflix daredevil storyline probably probably best it, it's going to feel like a soft reboot i think that, that and i think with 18 episodes ashley you're saying there's too many episodes i i, I would say that they're just going to use those 18 episodes to reintroduce almost the entirety of the netflix lineup well one daredevil for me is neither here nor there uh like if charlie cox continues to take his shirt off on camera like bonus for me um i have i have zero investment in the character i don't care that we're completely rebooting him i I'm not. I know. I don't. I don't know how I think about it. So, excuse me while I have a heart attack. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 Jason. Jason, this can all be fixed. Take your shirt off. 
A J23 exclusive right now. It's not as good as Charlie Cox's. Uh, <laughs> J23, let's let's one up it with a J6. It, it's it's funny, you know. It, you know, I, I see. It's funny. We've been talking. We've been having this conversation off the pod a lot because I think. 18 episodes is perfect because to me that says that so Disney many. plus, well, that's the thing, right? <laughs> we used to get 26 episode seasons every single year. And now we've gone to this weird streaming model where you're lucky if you get eight. Um, so I, I kind of like that Disney plus is like, we, we are confident in this character. Mm -hmm. We are confident in the direction. Screw this six episode season. Here is a normal television season here is 18 episodes and, and to your early point jonathan i kind of think yeah I, I think it will be a little bit of a soft reboot but i think they're going to probably play around with the idea of like well all that stuff happened we're just not going to mention it that much mm -hmm. yeah we can change the typhoid mary uh jim parker only says if they do born again do we get nuke we got a version of nuke actually we did we did yeah in in those netflix series if you look up like we had a version of bullseye that was Okay, mm -hmm. it wasn't really the bullseye yeah. that we that we know. We did get a version of Nuke, I think, in the Jessica Jones series. Yep. He was like an antagonist. Um, so I think there's a chance to bring all those characters in and soft reboot mm -hmm. all of them. the The question is, with quote unquote woke Disney, are they going to go as so far as to like get John Bernthal back as the Punisher? Because I thought that first season of Punisher was actually really, really good. I, I know. Agree. I think we could just never do the Punisher again and we'd all be better for it. That's my I, hottest yeah. of days. I, I kind of agree with that too. And I did love that first season. But he's great in that part. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to uh, respectfully disagree with both This is the internet. I can always use more Punisher. Uh, I love the Punisher. And I, I thought that the second season was actually better. And, uh, you know, I wanted more of that character. Um, the problem with that character is I think he needs less than 13 episodes. I think the Punisher would be well suited for movies because if you have him, you know, like Jason from Friday the 13th, just how many, how many times he should die. And you're like, yeah, but we got six more episodes. So he's not dead. Uh, I, I hope that they find, and I think that honestly that character is more suited to movies anyway. I think he always was. And, it, you know, it's like if they're going to keep making Deadpool movies, they should they should make Punisher movies. And then there, you don't have to feel like you need to see them, you know, it, it, but uh, but I'll be there. And I think John Bernthal was perfect in the part, uh, although it's not really stiff competition. All you had to do was be better than Thomas Jane, Dolph Lundgren and the other guy. Hey, don't be go. Don't go be spurging the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. Nope. I will. I'll. I'll fight. But I would say he was better than Thomas Jane. But that when that you, was the that was the good oh, one. He was. But when do you think end. they'll bring back Howard Saint, uh, John Travolta, back to oh. the MCU? That's the one that we all want. <laughs> oh. I don't know if I'm going to defend it. that. Judge I mean, look, if they're bringing, I'm bringing back Howard Saint right now. <laughs> take my money, take my whole bank account. I I'll watch 16 episodes of Howard Saint on Disney Plus. I mean, I, I would, I would give John Travolta a blank check. Who do you want to play, Professor X? Okay, besides Professor who else would you like? To play? Yeah, no, no, he's got the hair for it. He I just know that's show the problem. That he's got the hair for it now. Little do you know, he loves Kitty Pride. Oh. That's who he's coming. He wants Lockjaw and everything. That's a whole totally different type of Grease Lightning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that we didn't get were those X-Men announcements. Like you mentioned Kitty Pride, we don't get the X-Men announcements, but then when you look at uh the like you you're going to end up getting like Sombra in the Captain America 4 New World Order storyline. She's the the uh Israeli superhero and she's a mutant. So 
the, right. it, are we not going to get an X-Men announcement until maybe one of those gaps in, in, in phase six, or maybe that's a phase seven move, well, but ultimately we're going to have, we're going to be chock full of like lower, lesser known mutants by that point. Sure. Uh, the, the interesting thing that I thought was weird is that they did, a, a for, of course, officially announced Fantastic Four, but not who's in it. And I was just like, I feel like that's key. And I don't know if they're waiting for something or maybe something's going with that. I don't know. But it, it just feels like that's a key connection as well in introducing yeah. any X-Men in the series. If you all listen to the episodes at, at Comic-Con, we had the writers of um, Morbius on and they, they're the nicest guys i think katie you met them at the booth and they're and they're awesome and what they said about especially about morbius is like or any movie really we've seen this happen a million times especially in big studio films and studio projects is that when the director comes on whatever script they have has to go back through the director's lens and the director has to kind of put their stamp on it with the studio and rework it um and I think that in announcing a brand new director for Fantastic Four, because obviously John Watts has moved on to do other things for whatever reasons, I think he's going to have to have some say in the cast, right? Like nobody really talks about the Nicole Perlman version of Guardians of the Galaxy where Star-Lord's trying to find his father and this and that. That was the original storyline supposedly to the Nicole Perlman script. Uh, but it's clear that when James Gunn came in, he did his own Guardians of the Galaxy. He's got his signature crazy flavor to it. And it really worked for that franchise. Um, here we don't necessarily know the director too much more. We've seen his work in like WandaVision or here and there in the MCU or in different projects. But here's is is this a director that that can kind of do the studios what the studio wants, or is this somebody who's gonna again put his stamp on stuff, get his cast, get his storyline, and really have like a, a signature feel to the Fantastic Four? And what's the name of the director? Matt Shankman. Matt Shankman. But, uh, two things that I want to say, uh, Jonathan. First, you're trying to convince me that people, Shankman. multiple people, wrote Morbius, and I'm just going to call you out and bullshit on that. There's no way that's possible. <laughs> no one wrote that. That was Jared Leto's fever dream, and then they put it in theaters. But I go back I and listen to those episodes, and they're not going to disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, I, I think that you're 100% right. The reason why we didn't get the cast for Fantastic Four, much to uh, the disappointment of Twitter, which oh that's God, kind Twitter of Twitter was hilarious. That, that's was worth it. Twitter not during this. It. Yeah, Twitter was amazing but during. I think it's because they don't have it. They have some ideas. They have people that you know. Maybe they've got even if they've got three of them cast, they're like, yeah, but we're still looking for Ben Grimm or whatever. And it's like, yeah, there's no rush. That movie's not coming out that soon. You know. It is so, but so I'll it, walk out on stage next year at D23, you know? Sure, sure. Well, I, I, I'm excited for that, but I'm just like, I feel like there's there's something going on in, I feel like, the background with Fantastic Four that's just like not quite linchpinning. I think it, they want to get it right. Yeah, which I love. really want to get it right. You know, it's, I, that's the, that. weird, the, the weirdest thing about this is that this, it's so funny, this Fantastic Four being blown up on Twitter is that D23 is this weird thing where, you know, they made a lot of announcements and a lot of them were really like, if this, if these announcements had been made in 2015, everybody would have exploded. They'd be like a Thunderbolts movie. Oh my God, the hood. Oh my God. And then now we're in this world of 2022. And just because they don't announce a fantastic four, everybody's like, Oh, garbage, garbage, pure <laughs> garbage. And does D23 suffer from coming on the, 
tail end of Comic Con just two months ago, where a lot, where we we got this whole announcement, and people, it's like we haven't even gotten one thing out of Phase Five yet, and y'all are already hungry for those gaps in Phase Six and being like, well, what's going on with the Fantastic? It's like, oh, that's Phase Six. I think Phase Five still looks really great, and we're not done with Phase Four. And speaking of Phase Six, in the talk of Phase Four, there's that rumor that the tag on Wakanda Forever is Latveria. Yeah, I've I've heard that rumor from a couple of people too that Doom is in oh. Black Panther two, and he's played it, it, by like... John Travolta. Hey! <laughs> you heard it here, J twenty three. Doom walking down like he's walking down a hallway of Doomstat, just doing yep. like his little dance. He, I he's think got the two slices of pizza folded over <laughs> while he walks down the sidewalk. Yes, it will kind of forever is this kind of establishment of these international wars between Atlantis, Wakanda, and maybe it was manipulated by the big bad you get in the end credits, Liberia. And then we have this, these international conflicts. I think that does start to lead into the international conflicts. You started to see it kind of outlined in phase five, especially with things like secret invasion, which kind of just feels like a, like spycraft kind of show, which is cool. But then you also go into Captain America four you know, which is clearly political. And then Thunderbolts, clearly political with a whole team made up of failed super soldier programs. Uh, we're going to get a lot of politics. There's going to be a lot of criticism of woke Disney coming down the pipe because, it, I mean, Phase 5 is chock full of political stuff in it. Am I wrong in that? or No, I think you're absolutely right. And it's interesting because, like, you know, everybody is saying, like, well, how how do you do these phases that's different from just building up the Thanos, right? And they're going to Kang and it looks like they're doing this multiverse thing. And it it looks like in the idea of building their new Avengers, it looks like we're going to le- have our characters be further apart, even, you know, in their ideals. And then through the course of some phase, or maybe even through the course of maybe the Fantastic Four unites them all, that's how we're going to get our new Avengers, which is interesting to me because it is, it's a completely different way to build an Avengers team than what we saw in phase one, phase two, phase. I don't know the phases anymore. (laughs) Phased out. (laughs) Looking at the criticism of Thunderbolts, which is, I mean, this criticism of Thunderbolts is really like, Oh, Zemo's on the team. Abomination's on the team. Okay. Listen, like that, that, that is the comic and all that, Zemo stuff was the comic, and I think that stuff's great, and it doesn't negate the fact uh, Zemo might still be in the Thunderbolts somewhere. The Thunderbolts might be about going after uh, Zemo. The one thing that's not present and wasn't announced in the cast of Captain America 4, like, that is a Falcon Cap story, mm-hmm. right? We don't have Bucky in that, supposedly, but we got Bucky two months later in a Thunderbolts movie. Like, to add credence to what Jason's saying, it feels like uh, Secret Invasion is going to happen. It's going to put the entire MCU on a bit of a fault line that's pretty rocky and shifting and collapsing. Then you've got Cap, who's inheriting the mantle. Maybe that doesn't work because we got the leader in that story. And the leader is pretty, you know, he's he's a brainiac. Like, no pun intended. Like, he's actually super smart. And uh, it's called the New World Order. So we're going to have, obviously, the political machinations. I feel like Sam is going to fail in that movie. He's going to have, a, a like, an emotional victory. But I think that he people are ultimately at the end of that movie going to say, you are not Steve Rogers. And that is going to be the impetus for putting together the failed super soldier programs as the Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts definitely are not 
Steve Rogers. And we're going to spend some of the, the end of uh, phase five going into phase six as a redemptive story for uh, for Falcon Cap. And then you end up with uh, this big Kang issue where he's a sci-fi villain. And ultimately, when we loved as kids reading about the Infinity Gauntlet and seeing Cap stand up to Thanos, I think we might be getting that with Falcon Cap and Kang, where it's a human kind of out of his power set standing up to somebody who can blink in a race zone and he wins. Do y'all see that? Or is that just me being a fanboy? I think you're but... being, I think you're giving them entirely too much credit. I, <laughs> uh, I think what we are seeing is we have two actors who both have a contract that said they're going to lead Avengers teams. And so Sam is going to lead the Avengers and Bucky's going to lead the Thunderbolts or whatever they're going to call that team because they have contracts. Suicide Squad life. They got to they yes. got to eat their bucky and have it too. Like I Jonathan I want it to be what you're saying, but I think you were giving Marvel Studios and Disney entirely too much credit. There is too much thought in that for that to be true. But Garrett, you got excited for what I was saying, didn't you? I, like seeing yeah. Sam step up to Kang and I mean obviously like yes. Doom's going to play into that, Reed's going to play into yes. that whole But Chico Garrett, War if I, if I may, yes. how much more excited would you be if Sam stood up to Howard Saint? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, first off, I, I, I just mean, love that Howard State. Howard State's like, I I wanted to walk out of that movie many times, especially when Howard <laughs> when Howard State said a million dollars to the man who could find me the Punisher when his bad guys had been to the Punisher's house no less than like three times. In that Here's movie how geeky that, that we are: the fact that anybody on this podcast knows the name Howard State. <laughs> <laughs> Movie is bad. You know, speaking of New World Order, Kevin uh, Kevin Nash plays uh, the Russian in that movie who gets his booty whooped by uh, Tom Jane. Uh, uh, but you know, to, to speak to the Thunderbolts, I have I have two things. One, <laughs> um, I'm excited for it because I was texting uh, London and Christian about this, where I was saying I like you know one of my favorite corners of the MCU and has always been one of my favorite corners of the comics is the super soldier espionage corner you know the ed brubaker cap uh i'm a big fan of the ultimates one and two specifically the ultimates one and two there's no ultimates three by jeff Loeb. correct um <laughs> but and i think thunderbolts for me it does feel like a culmination it feels london and i was even saying it feels like a sequel to black widow it also feels like a sequel to falcon and the winter soldier um so i'm really that's what excites me that it is all these ragtag misfits who are all some variation of a super soldier Kind of be like, hey, you're all we got. We can't get the the beautiful blonde uh, man with the hammer anymore. So you're you're what we got. Uh, and we're gonna have you know uh, Bucky lead you. And it's like, does he really want to be a leader? Uh, if that's even what they go with. Uh, and the second thing is, uh, people are too picky choosy. Like, oh, uh, Zemo's not in there. Oh, Red Hulk is in there, even though he's only in one version. Like, okay, also <laughs> Captain America wasn't part of the original Avengers. He was part of the original lineup of the Ultimates, which they took a lot from. Uh, Yondu wasn't a member of the Guardians in the first Guardians movie. Uh, just stop complaining. Just go outside, touch grass. I mean, like, just <laughs> there was not a lot of grass touching this weekend. Like, it's there's no people, grass in Anaheim. Yeah, they, yeah, no it's grass just people. In just they. I uh, just I look at the the beauty of stories is that you should want to look into the why of stories, not the what. You know, you shouldn't just be caring about the rumors. There's a, a great article that was written by Richard Newby. That was all talking about the rumor mill uh, regarding this weekend where everyone just, they just want to complain because, oh, Henry Cavill wasn't announced as Hyperion. And I'm <sighs> like, dude, do you even care about Hyperion? Do you care about the story? No, you don't. You just want to complain that, 
oh, I didn't get this character I Googled five hours ago. It's just, I'm yeah, sorry. I, I got to cool If I live a hundred more years and they yeah, don't go. make a Squadron Supreme movie, I'll feel like I have lived the fullest life I potentially could. I, 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 yeah, we don't, we don't need that. Uh, and, you know, the idea, whoever said that, you know, Thunderbolts is really a sequel to Black Widow. It's kind of interesting that that story, you know, set back earlier in the timeline is actually going to have all these ripples going forward. And for me, it's like, oh, look, all the things I liked in that movie, Red Guardian and Yelena. And uh, Jim in the chat is asking if that's the same Taskmaster, which we should have every reason to assume it is. Uh, it doesn't have to be, though. It, that could actually be anybody behind that mask. But I think we're just assuming it's the same character that we met in that movie. And uh, yeah, I think it's great. And I think, yeah, this is really a way for Bucky to shine in a way he wouldn't if it was like another movie where it was like big name and Bucky. Like he already had that movie. You know, it was already, you know, and the Winter Soldier. So I think it's great for him that, uh, you know, he'll get this opportunity and. Sam and Bucky are still friends. They're going to hang out. It'll be fine. And yeah, what, what you think you're never going to see Baron Zemo again? So he's just, he's not on this team. But you think that they, they set up, you know, the last time we saw him in, uh, in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about where it is. And I learned a long time ago. I said some very stupid things over the last decade. Plus I was like, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that Thor is going to be able to work on the screen. I think it's too hard to do. I didn't even know that Captain America was going to work. So a long time ago, I stopped saying that I didn't think things were going to work. Wh whatever, you know, it doesn't always work the way that I want. But uh, I'm going I'm to go check it out and let me decide, you know, <laughs> not two I, I years think, before we get a movie, you know. I think Marvel knows that stuff. Obviously, they hear a lot of it. I mean, they're listening right now. Hey, Kevin. Um, but they always poke fun at that stuff too i mean we we just in she hulk had the poke fun ah. at the recasting of uh bruce we mm -hmm. had john krasinski kind of just show up in multiverse of madness as the fan cast of reed that everybody was talking about without a guarantee that that's going to be reed richards at the end of the day and who's to say zemo doesn't just have a cameo in thunderbolts to basically say like hey fans like we get it we know this was based on the book but like fuck off we're telling our own stories Zemo's in this for a split second just to make y'all get thirsty and then he's out and here's a joke about a Russian that turns into a giant uh, abomination and he's not in this movie either like Marvel has a great sense of humor with this stuff and they know what fans want and they know also how to satisfy them without delivering exactly what they want I mean I'm talking about the general fans not Ashley there's no satisfying Ashley on this stuff <laughs> look I am a <laughs> lifelong Robin fan so the fact that people are getting mad about not seeing someone they learned about five seconds ago in a casting announcement like that is so cute like yeah go outside touch grass and like tweet me in 35 years when you're still <laughs> waiting for your favorite character of all time to be treated with the respect you deserve <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's gonna <laughs> I'm living you know, for Ashley and Garrett's like nerd bash, <laughs> like fake nerd bashing. Like, <laughs> like I'm you know, Marvel. If you're gonna be nasty to me, at least follow me, Ashley B. Robinson. Then you can tweet me whatever you want if you follow me. <laughs> Katie, you were probably touching grass, but I got to tell you, more entertaining, <laughs> more entertaining than the actual expo and the actual like Marvel press, whatever it was, just reading Twitter. And just mm -hmm. at every single one being like, where's the Fantastic Four? And we're to the point where halfway through the Marvel announcements, Kevin Feige came out and goes, oh, by the way, there's just not going to be any Fantastic Four cast announcements today. They had a sign it... outside <laughs> of the event the day of that said there will be no Fantastic Four casting announcement. <laughs> 
as you were walking in. That's to amazing. The, yeah. the, Mar uh, Marvel publicity was like, stop asking mm -hmm. us about the. By the way, That's Jonathan, hilarious. all the comic book nerds on this podcast know, like, we're like, if you love the Fantastic Four, you're almost looked down a little bit for the rest of the Marvel fans because, the, you know, the Fantastic Four have a hard time translating into the modern era. And it's so weird because I think this Saturday was the most anyone has ever tweeted about the Fantastic Four. And Marvel, <laughs> every time there was a new Fantastic Four movie, people were like, Fantastic Four again? Hasn't this yeah. been done? And like, like now Ugh. people are like, crazy about fantastic four yeah. I, I think, more people I think talk about true, fantastic four on this saturday than like the last decade i think the true interest <laughs> in it all mostly is sort of that thing that like we do trust in the great marvel and bringing us into these mm -hmm. great stories my favorite thing though is when we have a casting situation like let's say john krasinski was confirmed or whatever that would make a link to that universe that we saw in multiverse of madness and i think that would be something fascinating that like like okay well how are they going to do all that i do think there is a big interest in finding out what's going on with the fantastic four just storyline like who's writing it who's going to be in it who's working on it you know who's the director everything kind of gives us little nuggets of clues to see what's going to happen later and agreed everything that's been coming out of d23 i've i've also really been loving and i've loved all the different announcements it's it's funny because because Fantastic Four has this mystery around it for several years now, and everybody is just like, "What? Who's going to be in it? What's it going to be? How, what's that journey going to take? And what's our end goal here?" And and Katie, you, you named it like Multiverse of Madness. Everybody's like, "Oh, it was it was like a roller coaster ride. There wasn't a whole lot of depth to it. Whatever." I had a ton of fun watching that movie. I loved it. It, yeah. it, was, it was I loved having Raimi back on the screen, even if it was Marvel version of Raimi, as some people argued. Um, but it also introduced something that I was really shocked at when that movie came out. And I was like, are they doing this already? And it was the whole incursion storyline that leads to the secret war and the Kang stuff and the pruning of different timelines and different realities coming into the whole multiverse stuff. The second they said like incursions uh, and that whole idea with the Illuminati and talking about incursions, I was like, oh my God, like that is a storyline in the comics. It's like, barely 10 years old and we're already getting it in the mcu along with what i feel like currently is a late 70s early 80s era of marvel comics also being on the screen we're getting a, a nice like pick and choose of good stuff you're gonna you're probably gonna see multiple versions of a lot of these characters to satisfy or poke fun at fan castings you're gonna i mean it's like nothing's nothing is is out of bounds on this stuff you might end up seeing a yeah. freaking hyperion fly through a freaking shot you know <laughs> it's like an fu fan we like yeah you know we, like, I mean? we will yeah no and that's what's fun about it i it ultimately like you know that stuff is all in the realm of possibility because i went the thing that made me the marvel you know announcements made me go whoa 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 hey, what and already is world by night like I think we've been wanting Marvel to do low budget indie slash experimental type films with their, you know, not everything can be a cinematic blockbuster. Not everything should be a $150 million movie because they also have those horror characters and those B list characters uh, and seeing a werewolf by night movie with Gail Garcia Bernal, who's a fantastic actor, like already about to be come out. And it was made almost in secret. We knew it was happening, but we were like, yeah, hey, we'll see it when we see it. It's almost coming out. And it was a lot of fun. They took a, I think they took risks with the style that they presented in that trailer, like making it full B movie, making it super campy, not trying to satisfy 
the MCU fans, not trying to say, oh, this is a character that's going to get folded in with everybody and it's going to release, you know, it's going to reveal Thanos' third cousin, like not doing any of that, but saying, hey, this is just a weird little movie that we're going to make with a uh, Marvel character. And then it's also going to have Man-Thing. It's also going to introduce maybe the whole horror lineup of the 70s. That's a smart move. You know, what did you all think seeing the werewolf by night announcement? I know well, it's a small I, let me just movie, jump in on that first really cool. because I was excited to see that because I felt like, uh, you know, and nobody probably even remembers that they did a Hellstrom series for uh, Hulu. And <laughs> I wasn't just disappointed in it because it was bad. I was disappointed in it because it was an opportunity to do exactly what you're talking about. But I guess that's why Feige really wanted to kind of, you know, get all the things back on his table because you can't really do that anytime soon. And, I really thought that that's what that show was going to be. I'm like, yeah, great. It's going to be like an MCU X-Files. And even the first couple episodes, I'm like, all right, this could work. And it just didn't. So I'm even more excited for Werewolf by Night because of how let down I was by that. And because you can trust the people in charge. And uh, to your point that like, yeah, it's like what it's like done and they made it in secret. I'm like, great. Do more of that. Two weeks. We're getting this in like two, three weeks. And you if you freeze frame right at the right point you're gonna get the man thing in there and i have uh, chances are yeah i looked at man thing and i was like they said it was on is in the trailer oh my god there he is this is awesome <laughs> uh, and, and, and you're going to get maybe some vampires you're gonna get the whole horror window uh, right there that's been creaked open and we still have a blade movie coming so what who's to if... say werewolf by night doesn't end up being part of the larger story what if man thing introduces Artie and Leech, which leads to the introduction of the FF, which leads to the introduction of the Fantastic Four, because nobody seemed to know that Penn Badgley is currently in London shooting you right now, which is why he couldn't come to D23 to announce that he was going to be MI QAnon right now. Your Marvel version of QAnon and the whole idea that Penn Badgley is playing Reed, I think that I think that's good casting. I think that's a fun rumor. Um who knows? I, I, love, I just don't I remember Reddit. anybody mentioning Artie I mean, I mean, the, in the last 30 years. I <laughs> unabashedly love Artie and Lee. <laughs> the FF is my favorite thing. The Future Foundation is my favorite thing. I, about the Fantastic I mean, I, I still want a Power Pack movie. So, I'm, you know, I, 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 the eight-year-old in me demands a Power Pack movie. So I'd <laughs> and love Artie. if that gives us a Dragon Man, then I'm super happy. Hmm. Yeah. If, if we get Dragon Man out of all that, then I'm all super excited. All the weird excited. little voids. Yeah. That'd be that, great. And mm-hmm. I, I love when the when they had the alternate team and Mike Alred was doing that artwork recently. Like, I think that was a we lot have of She-Hulk. fun. And I'm a big fan of slot, like, like Dan slots writing. I think he gets kind of smacked around a bit on his, on his fantastic four and especially on his Spider-Man book before that, but he takes swings and he doesn't always have, feel the pressure. <laughs> so re- you did reset there. stuff. Take swings. <laughs> I didn't, man, I didn't. It's like, you the big box, man. Well, I, it was a baseball, <laughs> it was a baseball metaphor. So I didn't do that. Garrett. I love you, man. <laughs> Put put my tires back on. Uh, <laughs> listen, dinner's in an hour. Okay, better be ready. No, uh, wow. I think I think it'll be fun. What I was going to with the werewolf by night thing is that uh, Garrett, you were talking about this is the MCU. This is the larger Disney parks. They're expanding Avengers Campus a lot, and in the artwork they released on the expansion of Avengers Campus, uh, this artwork is pretty telling especially with fans fears that like there's not going to be any more moon Knight in the mcu and stuff like that but here we've got some artwork from avengers campus of king thanos which is an alternate version of thanos this is part of a ride where uh, can you describe this garrett it's an e ride so, uh an e-ticket is uh e-ticket. what they describe it it's it disney uses that that's their big tickets you know back in the day when you use tickets you'd get the e-ticket so this is the 
Avengers Campus opened with their their smaller ride. They haven't had their bigger ride yet. That's what this ride is going to be. Years ago, they were going to do like a, a Battle of Wakanda sort of thing, but they scrapped that. And so now it is a it's kind of taken from the Donny Cates, Jeff Shaw, Thanos win story where Thanos wins. Uh, and so basically, I think Thanos is from a reality where the Avengers uh, where he's he whipped that booty and he won uh, to quote my last appearance when I talked about uh, whipping booty. Um, and so what I think is so cool about this is so we don't know what kind of ride system it's going to have. We don't know if it's there's any animatronics, if it's screen based. Most likely, many of the actors will reprise their roles. They have been for the rides that are currently there. But if you look on the left, you see Hydra Smasher uh, from What If in his animated form. And you see the Peter Parker from Spider-Man freshman year. And mm-hmm. what I think is interesting is if they are making this ride is a big multiversal story. Um, getting to see those two mediums interact, I think you can kind of do that a little bit easier in a ride where you aren't in the prism of like a live action film. And then suddenly, okay, we're an animated movie and then back to live action. Um, I think it's interesting to see how they're going to play with that. Obviously to steal a wrestling term, a card subject to change. They could put anyone of the, they could throw Howard the duck next to daredevil. They could do anything. Um, But I, I agree with you. I think it is very telling. All these characters are very strategically chosen. We have all the captain Americas. We have captain Carter, we have Daredevil, who they are really pushing now as someone that is important. Now they have him back. I think this is very interesting. There's Man for the Thing side, yeah. And yeah for the exactly, fans yeah. who were preemptively bemoaning like like Moon Knight never coming back and Oscar Isaac and this and that, like the Moon Knight's in this. Obviously, She Hulk's a fan favorite at the moment. She's over there on the right of this image. Uh, but yeah, just seeing Moon Knight and Man Thing in this, I'm like, okay, they're going to be expanding on those things. I think because the you know, these are very, very, these are like D-list characters that have kind of fallen in good graces of some of the fans. I think, I think like seeing man thing on this, I'm like, okay, they have a design for the future, the horror window of the, of the Marvel universe, that corner of the Marvel universe. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of talking at this point, <laughs> but, but up in the upper right corner, is Morbius. Yeah, that's where's my Morbius? question? That's a question the, on everyone's lips. <laughs> we do get we do get two Hulks over there. We get we get traditional Hulk, and then we get Planet Hulk, Hulk, and uh, so there's they, they got plans, folks. They got who's, plans. Who's that, that, this that, in the very far right bottom corner? Uh, oh, that's Miss Marvel's. Yeah. Okay. The Invigan. The Invigan fist. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, um, all right. Any non-Marvel stuff that really there's other things in Marvel? No. Ezra, well, no, Ezra no, Bridger, like the good Ezra, the one on this <laughs> side of the geek equation. <laughs> tell us, Ashley. Tell us. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I believe it's either Isman or Aman. Um, and he was announced as playing Ezra Bridger. I don't know who he is. I don't know what he's been in. Uh, but looks he looks great. like Ezra Bridger. So yes. that's exciting to me. Uh, Jason very gratefully is pulling up his name so that I could. I'm trying to look at his IMDb to see Esfandi what else he's is, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. uh, Am- Amon or Amon Esfandi. Um, but he looks great. Like he actually looks like the character, which is so exciting. Um, my fangirl heart will like always be sad that it's not Raul Coley, but that's okay. He's going to get his <laughs> Star Wars due. It's okay. We will survive. Um, but I'm just excited that we're getting him in live action and that yeah. he's a grown up. Apparently he was in King Richard. Oh, okay. 
If you say so. Uh, that's, what I, that's, why, that's what the internet I, database says. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't there was mean to one entirely... night I was going to watch that, and then something happened. <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> I, I don't entirely mean to pull us into uh, Marvel. This is technically uh, Indiana Jones 5 talk, but because he was there for Loki 2, we got this picture, which yes. really is the best thing. <laughs> that was the best thing on the internet. I don't know what warmed my heart more the like Lord of the Rings, like you bow down to no one, and there's just Brendan Fraser or this, like both made me misty. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> yes, like yay, all the people. This um, is yeah. the best thing to come out of 20- D23 2022, hands down. And it wasn't even one of their official announcements. And it's crazy to me that um, the actor that plays Short Ran, I, 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 Kwan. Thank you. Uh, um, that he was on stage for Loki. And then I think right before that was the Indiana Jones panel. And the fact that they didn't put both of these guys on the same pa- on the stage at the same time, to me, Disney publicity missed opportunity there. They were clipping through a lot of announcements and there was no time for love, Dr. Jones, I think is what <laughs> went down there. I mean, where's our short round Disney Plus series? I, I think everybody wants to see it. Mm-hmm. I think that the answer been... is coming at 100%. That... <laughs> It'll happen. Don't, don't I doubt hope, it. I hope that it was not announced because I hope him, I hope he and his reps are holding out for all the money in the world based off of the star Fair. power that everyone well, has been ignoring for the last no. four decades. Like, yep. I hope he takes them for all they're worth. I really do. <laughs> I think a, a D plus short round series that retconned Crystal Skull, I think would be incredible. Yep. Yeah, because nobody's asking for that Mutt Williams Disney Plus show. Not even Shia no. LaBeouf is asking for that show. <laughs> <laughs> but oddly, Olivia Wilde is asking for hmm. it. Oh. Uh, no, and, and I think anybody who does want to work for Disney, uh, you can't try to hold them up for uh, all the money you actually deserve. Otherwise, you will never work for Disney. So, uh, you know, we're talking about all the variants know, coming Don- in. Robert Downey Jr. sure did that for a lot of he's the He's the one. And then they learned their lesson because There's now with all the variants, it's like every contract is negotiable. You know, it's like there can be anybody can be any of these characters uh, if they ask for too much money. You know, I'm just happy that it was I watched the Willow trailer today and it seemed I mean, obviously every actor but Val Kilmer, sadly, is back. Maybe they find a way to bring him back. But I think I mean, that my heart swelled at that Willow trailer because that was such a big movie for me as a kid and seeing all the like, even the little the little dudes seeing Willow's best friend back in it. Uh, it was pretty awesome. And I'm excited about that. And we're getting that in late November. So yeah. I'm, I mean, we're getting so much, we're getting Wakanda forever in November. We're getting this one. I mean, people who are complaining about it, like not getting in a phase six and phase five, like you're not going to have an open weekend before <laughs> then. Like it'll be on us before you know it. So speaking of before we know it, we got our good friends. Ashley and Jason, they're going to dip, but we're going to wrap up soon, but they're going to dip. They're, they're on another podcast. They double booked us, so I take that personally. I just kept their catalog. I've, I've never seen Willow, so I have nothing to contribute. That's right. Uh, <laughs> let's, let, let, since I, I, I kept a, uh, made a copy of The Key to Your House while I was watching your cat this weekend, let's do a weekend and let's, uh, let's watch Willow. You can come come over when you're done this podcast. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll rewatch Willow if we get to rewatch Howard Saint's Star Turn and The Punisher. <laughs> Heck I guess yeah. Willow's off. Willow's off. Willow, Willow's <laughs> off the calendar. Meat is not on the menu for that one, boys. <laughs> hey, no uh, it has been lovely. Uh, it was so great to have you all here at J23. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having sorry, us. Sorry that, Honored to be sorry here. that our publicist is garbage and can't do schedules. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is racism in America. I think this is the last big subject we need to talk about, but holy crap. We thought we were ready for this 
considering we'd seen the treatment of you know minorities in every Star Wars project up to this point, uh, in multiple fantasy projects like Lord of the Rings and in um, you know Game of Thrones, but no, we got the uh, Little Mermaid, and people went nuts. Uh, yeah, I think we all kind of had the same reaction, right? I went nuts for the opposite reason because she's freaking amazing, and like this looks incredible, and I'm I'm loving the different things in the effects that they're doing to mimic a water underwater effect. Her hair looks incredible; like the CG animation is insane. Her tail looks. Watching, it's like I mean, a fish. It's like a fish. It's not like someone whose knees are somewhere in that tail. Mm-mm. wearing it <laughs> it's fluid it's awesome geekscapists i know that we probably have live action disney burnout they did announce like a lion king prequel you know in live action and all this stuff but you at least have to pay attention to some of these things that disney's putting out and this live action little mermaid heidi almost i mean i think she teared up watching this because she loves the little mermaid and this version of it looks great yeah you know? It looks beautiful. And of course, everyone's a twat on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Just putting that out there. Well, I did appreciate sort of the, you know, to counteract that, you did have a lot of the reaction videos of, you know, kids reacting to it and, you know, kids of you know various ethnic- ethnicities just like oh my gosh that's ariel and you can just see it in their eyes and they don't say anything that's how you know it's not staged you just see how excited they are and uh yeah like i think uh, i think it's great and you know we were talking about sort of the representation earlier and that's not just marvel it's not just star wars it's just disney wide and i think that uh it's great on the one hand you know i've mentioned this before but when i saw shang chi with my wife who's chinese american she was like i love this but she was sad because she's like because i didn't have this when i was a kid and so then you think about all the kids who have all these characters you know like everybody in star wars looked like me when i was a kid i felt represented fully represented you know and then and then lando was there in the second one i'm like well, right yeah they really didn't do a good job and i i think that uh it's great to see that they do it and look the the cynic in me is like well yeah because disney is selling all this product all around the world and people all around the world look like people all around the world so it only helps from a business standpoint and the aforementioned twats on Twitter, <laughs> they're so loud. Twitter they twat feel talk. like there's a lot of them. But then when you talk casually to people, they're like, oh, wait, people are upset about, a, about right. this or that. You know, so it's it's like it's just those of us who unfortunately feel the need to be on that app that feel like it's more prevalent than maybe it is. Yeah. You know? There's there's some I, I heard a term last week, rage farming, where people want to get follow they get followers, they get a lot of attention by just like, you know biting their fist and rage farming and be like, can you believe they done this? And, uh, and it's like, uh, and like you said, it, it's magnified more than it's in reality. And then I, I heard somebody actually analyze the Trump conventions, the Trump caravan, and it is very much a caravan. And somebody said, you know what, this is, these aren't people in multiple States going to support Trump. This is like the grateful dead tour. And these are all the same people following him around it's not like he has a big fan base in pennsylvania and a big fan base in the dakotas or a big fan base in florida they're the same people for the most part the majority of them are just following him around 
and they're just on tour with the Grateful Dead, but it's a racist version of the <laughs> Grateful Dead. So I think you're right. They're not a lot of people, but their outrage is louder because of the echo effect of yeah. the, the internet. Um, it's it's sad, but I think this movie is going to come out, and if it's good or bad, we won't know, but um, it is cool that you know people see themselves represented. Isn't it taking place in the Caribbean? Like People in the Caribbean, they're not necessarily white, really, are they? What? goes back to the madonna like a prayer video Go touch some jesus looked like you know what jesus would have looked like yes considering like where he was born and where he lived you know and christian you and i are old enough to remember that like a prayer yeah. video and the outrage it created because it would you know it was a interracial like love affair but also it was with jesus but yeah jesus was black in that video yeah and people lost their shit you look back and that is a classic 80s video uh yeah. we're gonna put that in with the education of garrett on 80s <laughs> materials that there we talked go. about earlier today <laughs> we, uh garrett christian and i have a, a chat which is basically <laughs> the education or corruption culturally I yelled at garrett a or i'm like yeah. well, garrett how could you not have seen that well maybe because i'm born two decades after either of you <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we'll get you up to speed on some of the worst things that the 80s and 90s have okay. to offer, it. That's what Geekscape is for. That is what well, Geekscape is for. Uh, speaking of the, just real quick before we wrap it all up, last thing, we got the Hocus Pocus 2 trailer, finally. And I'm so freaking stoked because, A, the, the main leads are African-American, um, as far as I know, and... We're bringing back the the witches that we love, know and love, and we're bringing back, of course, Doug freaking Jones. <laughs> yes, yes, that's the part I'm excited about. I love Doug Jones. I love him. I've never met the man, but he seems like the nicest person in the world. I know, he, I know. He's a fantastic character on Star Trek Discovery. That uh, when he's that show fantastic. premiered, I disliked that character so much, and he won me over. And mm -hmm. that doesn't usually happen. Uh, it, he's great. Uh, and then just uh, my final thing was uh, buried in all the news. And Katie knows where I'm going because this was on the email thread was uh, the 30th anniversary edition of Muppet Christmas Carol that we're going to get on Disney Plus in time for Christmas, where it will restore the actual theatrical version of the movie, which had the song The Love is Gone, which yes. when you cut it out, yes, it slowed the movie down. It, it, but the story actually stopped making sense for a moment. And and she, loves that she, song. Was, she was just kind of a bitch. She just like was like, <laughs> no, you like you need to not be into money or something. I don't. It was like very odd. And and then when you when you get that song, it just fills in those gaps, and it's such a beautiful I, song. I feel yeah. that way, but my wife hates that song, and she's so glad it was. I taken hadn't out. heard of it until yeah. Matt Kelly mentioned it to me, and <laughs> woke you up in the middle of the night, London. <laughs> yeah, London. Wait, how did you not he know? He sang about that? it to you. The thing is, that is that is that is one of Heidi's favorite movies. I think I think she and Katie are very much alike <laughs> in that way. Yeah. They got to watch it every year. And oh yeah. And I think as a kid, Heidi had the clamshell version of that movie, which included that song. Yes. And she I says every version's in. She said every version's inferior to it, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not <laughs> that familiar with it. And then Matt Kelly. You know, he reached for the vapors and was like, "How do you not know that song?" And he told me all about it because he is the ultimate mu like Muppets head. And uh, so I educated myself. I did the right thing. I educated myself. Uh, and um, yeah, I think that's going to be huge. That is going to be. I mean, Disney's really smart in that way. They're like, "Okay, let's yeah. just make this an annual 
uh, institution and put it on Disney Plus, and people are just going to kick those ratings up every year. And the best Scrooge I've ever seen is Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Because he's playing Scrooge 100% straight. There's Muppets all around him, but he's not he's not hamming it up. Uh, pun intended for Miss Piggy. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, yeah, that's why the movie works as well as it does. And that song's very important. So take that, Heather. That's my way. Well, <laughs> I think ultimately there's, a, there's more news than we think about. Those are just the ones that I think we all felt passionately yeah. about. The one thing that was absent that I was kind of like shocked by because it's one of their biggest things is we're going to get a guardians of the galaxy three in may and it was not present at all in the marvel panel but maybe that's just a, a testament to the confidence of marvel saying hey like those are really well-known characters that is our strongest franchise after wakanda forever that we're putting out this year it's going to make the most money after wakanda forever we don't really need to push it but let's try and familiarize fans with some of these other characters and these other things that we're putting out what do you uh, think they, about not having Guardians 3 present? Well, they haven't even talked about the holiday special that's coming out this December, yeah. the Guardians holiday special. They have been yeah. mums the word on it. Only James Gunn has been talking about it. it I, that's one that we just keep forgetting about. It's not in any of their phase talk. They haven't and talked about I it. I know nothing about it. I always, I, I also thought it was animated because it was so not talked about. It's a live action one, Gary. Yeah, they shot it at the same time yeah. as oh. uh, Volume 3. They were shooting them concurrently. I had no idea, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. insane. The that's one thing one that, that I, I did agree with getting about. Sorry. The one thing I did agree with on Twitter was uh, you can't have all these stories about this trailer made everybody cry when they saw it, which is what you heard about the Guardians 3 trailer. So you can't have those stories and then not show us the damn trailer. And so that was I, I was like, all right, they're waiting for D23. And that's when I was like, I've been waiting for that. And nobody filmed that trailer in uh, Comic-Con. <laughs> so I was like, I, I don't want any of this stuff. I'd trade it all. I'd even trade him up at Christmas Carol. I'm sorry, Katie. If I wow. could have gotten the Guardians 3 trailer that apparently made everybody cry. Okay, like I want to know why you're I just gonna do patient crisscross, yeah, like crisscross. <laughs> you're gonna. You, I don't want you turning into this kid on Twitter who's like worst <laughs> panel ever. There was a lot of that going on this weekend. Just uh, be like me and don't watch trailers, and you'll never be disappointed. Yeah, yeah you true. didn't hear that from us. Geeks but they're also probably like twelve years old, and that is their first panel, so <laughs> it is the worst panel that they've ever seen. <laughs> I was allowed to watch panels on my own for the first time this year, and that was the worst <laughs> panel I've ever seen. Worst. Uh, yeah, that was the worst. Uh, Geese gave us, we try not to complain about too many things here on the show. We're just surprised by them sometimes. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to all of this. I just can't believe we're getting the barrage of content that we're getting. Cool. For, I mean, I get to watch a Ring of Power show mm -hmm. every freaking weekend, and then immediately thereupon, 48 hours later, there's a Game of Thrones and both of those shows have been great. And I get a new Monkey Island game in a week hmm. on Talk Like a Pirate Day. And uh, y'all know that we're getting all this content because I can't stop putting out... Like, people are asking to come on Geekscape and I can't even... I'm just telling them, like, hey, mid-November, I can't. It's stuff is either pre-recorded or scheduled by then. And it's because there's too much stuff to talk about. And so I thank all three of you and Jason and Ashley for joining me on this thing and helping me at least, like, put some context <laughs> to what the heck all that D23 sound was. Uh, where can people find y'all on the social medias? Let's start with Katie. Hey, uh, you can always find me at, at L Sassy Pants, E-L-S-A-S-S-Y-P-A-N-T-S, -S sometimes with a Z at the end. And can I just say real quick that uh, Katie did one of the my favorite episodes of Geekscape <laughs> Games. If y'all don't listen to Geekscape Games, she talked about a game that I wanted to play 
but wasn't getting around to quite yet because there's a Monkey Island game coming out next week. Oh, and I'm also getting married next month. But yeah, well, that's only one day. I, I, you don't have to schedule around that. I bet that's not on your mind at all. <laughs> not on my mind. Not keeping me away. Not keeping me up for 27 hours straight at all, ever. Like on Saturday <laughs> night. Um, Stray looks phenomenal, and, and y'all went deep into it, and it's still a very much a mystery to me, even though you talked a lot about it. I can't wait to play it. You did the biggest job on selling me on that. It was a phenomenal episode of Geekscape Games, Katie. You and Logan did great. And Geekscape, you should be listening to that show, especially when Katie hosts it. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, speaking of hosts, we got ourselves Christian over here in the corner who hosted a uh, Geekscape book club on the Mighty Thor. How'd that go, buddy? It was a great conversation about the Mighty Thor. I still have it right here next to me because uh, we did it just last night. And uh, yeah, I hadn't read that uh, that Jason Aaron uh, uh, run, and uh, it was great. It was uh, it was interesting because they clearly incorporated Loki, uh, uh, movie Loki. Uh, there's a bunch of other Lokis, but you're like, oh yeah, they they're like, yeah, we're gonna go full Hiddleston because that came out in 2015. So. Uh, and uh, I thought that uh, getting that story from Jane Foster's point of view is something that we they would never have done with the Thor movie. So uh, I think that uh, it really it really I think it's very accessible for people who have not read a lot of Thor comics. I read a lot of Thor comics, but I haven't I hadn't read uh, that era. So uh, I appreciated it. And you can find that uh, anywhere on Geekscape. There's a video version and also an audio version, assuming that uh, Matt has posted the audio version, but I don't have that confirmation just yet. The video version should be up on this yep. YouTube channel. If you're watching yep. this on YouTube, uh, it should be up. And uh, subscribe to the Geekscape Book Club if you haven't to get all those discussions once a month about various books yep. that you should be reading. And I'm Next month we're to... doing Sandman because oh, that's, that's also inexcusably. I also haven't read that. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Christian, I brought you here for your expertise <laughs> that's the whole and reason i do that show you don't that have was like the, the first comic garrett I ever does. <laughs> like yeah. garrett has the excuse of having been born 10 years ago you do not have that excuse my friend when I... you started saying you didn't read the jane foster thor i said it must have been sexism i don't know why he wouldn't have read that because <laughs> no uh... that was sexism yeah <laughs> oh jesus uh, but uh but <laughs> can't confirm <laughs> but uh sandman was just because that was a you know that was an adult comic and i wasn't allowed to buy those wow so, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty incredible and i love what they did on that Net, the netflix series yeah i'm enjoying and the netflix show yeah I, it's fantastic and the book is fantastic and wow the things that we are going to get in the next season or two of Sandman it's gonna be awesome uh garrett where can we find you uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Garrett Briones and, or on Twitter at Garrett S. Briones. Uh, I am cooking up something with Matt Kelly for Geekscape. We're working on that. Uh, hopefully working on some other things and uh, maybe directing some things for a friend of mine. So we're going to we're going to see about that. But you know, you'll find me places. I'm 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 always behind London's apartment, just grounding through the trash. <laughs> well, Dude, just come in. I will give you the trash before no. it becomes trash. We can no. read comics. You can have some comics. You can read I... Man to me because I've also have never read Sam. Uh, man. But I read Jane Foster Thor, so I'm not a sexist. I'm not a sexist. I'm okay. I'm okay. So I read the whole run. I own it. It's in the other room. I can prove it. So I went and rebought Sandman a couple of years ago. This is I can I know the date. It was twenty fifteen. It was twenty sixteen, and I took a lot of the Sandmans with me on a train to visit my mother in New Mexico. I and I finished reading them upon that trip, and I shipped them back to myself in L.A. And somebody got into the box in shipping, 
install all my Sandmans that I'd rebought myself. And oh. it's heartbreaking because that is definitely a book I want to reacquire and read again because I think every five years when you read it, it actually says something different every time. And that's just how good it is. And I think that's, uh, yeah, I, I think about it. I'm like, oh, this is about the time I should be rereading Sandman. I'll just reach over to my shelf and it's not there because someone stole it out of the mail. <laughs> Uh, it's a pretty heartbreaking story. I, sh- I just didn't want to care. I was going from New Mexico to New York to Connecticut, back to New York, to LA. So when I was in New Mexico, I just mailed it to myself so I wouldn't have to take it to the East Coast. And I should have just carried the damn things. It's very heartbreaking when I think about Sandman. Um, speaking of heartbreaking as a filmmaker, Garrett, we had a great time at the film festival this past weekend. El Rey Escape was playing, and I found out today I got nominated for an award. They didn't tell me, so I didn't go to the award show. <laughs> <laughs> film festivals, if you're going to bring shirts in and give them awards or nominate <laughs> them even, and you want to sell tickets to the awards gala, it helps to let the filmmakers know they're up for something. You would have gotten 25 bucks out of me. Uh, but it's too late now. I'm headed to Texas this week for another film festival that will hopefully tell me if they nominate our film for an award. <laughs> So that happened, and I was like, that's some Geekscape news. It's pretty funny. Uh, but I think, I don't know how many festivals we're going to be uh, left in. So I'll put that up on the YouTube channel when, when it's done with its festival run. You'll get to, you'll get a brand new Geekscape short film. Um, as for Geekscape, uh, I'll be back a little later this week with a pre-recorded conversation with the president of LA Comic Con. I think I promised it two weeks ago, but then we started getting directors that I really wanted to talk to, and they kind of bumped it but we have cool plans for la comic-con we're talking to them about different panels we can host i would love to see all three of the people still remaining on this episode to be hosts or on those Not panels those other with two me. losers who ducked out i would love jason and ashley always have a have a have a place <laughs> here or any of the panels um but yeah if you want to learn a lot more about la comic-con that episode's coming up later uh on the feed please subscribe to the audio feed it won't be live or in any of these video formats uh, but it's cool. You don't have to necessarily be in LA to, you know, partake in any LA Comic Con stuff. They've got online presences and a lot of cool stuff going on. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it this year because it's it, it's like our hometown con, and it's like getting the gang back together and just doing our thing. Um, other than that, I've got some more plans. I've asked a few people to go onto the podcast, uh, and I hope they come through. But I'll be in Texas, so we'll find out if I can even record. Uh, love y'all. If you enjoyed this Geekscape, share with your friends. Hit that share button. Thank you for the increased numbers. After the Joe Dante episode, I loved that. And uh, let's keep it going. Just keep writing reviews, keep sharing with your friends, and keep like subscribing to us on all the socials. Until then, we'll see y'all maybe next week. Geekscape forever. Don't hate create and all of that. All right, Garrett, I'm hungry. Go make me my dinner. Uh, <laughs> He's my ward. Like that's what we got a butler it. for. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Don't get yourself killed on those rooftop jumps this time. Okay, Garrett? (laughs) Okay. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.